I'm Stephanie Cox, and this is Mobile Matters. Today, I'm joined by Lillian Tomovich. Lillian is the Chief Experience and Marketing Officer at MGM Resorts International. She's responsible for all the company's marketing functions, including brand management, advertising, loyalty marketing, advanced analytics, guest strategy, consumer insights and research, partnerships, event marketing, mark tech, social and digital media, public relations, and more. Prior to MGM, she held marketing leadership roles at MasterCard, Loyalty One, Citibank, and more. In this episode, Lily and I talk a lot about how she helped transform the brand positioning and purpose for MGM Resorts and how it's driven phenomenal results, why you have to balance digital with human interaction, and what she believes makes a truly great leader. And make sure you stick around to the end where I'll give my recap and top takeaways so that you can not only think about mobile differently, but implement it effectively. Welcome to the show, Lillian. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show was you have a really impressive background. Can you tell me how you got started and ended up as being the head of marketing and customer experience at MGM? So I've always uh, been super passionate about marketing. And when I went to grad school, that is what I ended up being actually my, my discipline and graduated with an MBA with a focus in marketing. And then I started, this was the early 90s. And it was the, the era of if you wanted to be a traditional brand marketer, you joined Kraft or Procter & Gamble. And then if you wanted to sort of go explore this new thing called uh, database marketing and CRM, you would go work for American Express or Citibank or one of the banks who were doing a lot of work in direct marketing. And so I decided I would go in this, you know, venture out into this growing area of direct marketing because I figured I could always go back to package goods. So I started my career at Citibank, and that's where I really learned the skill of uh, direct marketing and database marketing and CRM and all that kind of fun stuff. And then I um, left and went to work actually in the mobile phone industry. And I loved, loved uh, mobile phone. It was, again, it was the mid-90s. And in Canada, I'm Canadian, it was really a duopoly between two companies. And so I learned a lot about technology and the speed at which it operates and really learned a lot about competition because when you're in a duopoly and you're fighting for every single customer and share of market, it gets pretty pretty interesting quickly. And then from there, I had an opportunity to join a company that's now called Loyalty One, which is one of the largest loyalty uh, programs. Uh, certainly, it is the largest loyalty program in Canada. It's about 80% of all Canadian households are members And in that program, it's a really interesting program because it's a coalition program where multiple retailers, whether it's gas, grocery, drug, they can all be part of this program. So it makes it really relevant for consumers. Um, They can shop at multiple uh, retailers and earn points. And so spent about seven years there really building out loyalty programs, um, some of the biggest brands uh, in, in the world. And so from there, um, I had a call to join MasterCard um, to have a new division for them called Customer Marketing, which was really about working uh, specifically with the banks to help drive their profitability and competitiveness through uh, MasterCard products and services. So I had a really fantastic career there as well, Um, ultimately became the head of marketing Uh, in Canada and then was asked to come take over uh, all consumer marketing for MasterCard in the U.S. and move to New York, which um, I ultimately did. And then from there, uh, I was working in New York, loving what I was doing. And like so many of us had a call from a recruiter 
and uh, said something about a $10 billion at the time hotel. And no, actually, he said hospitality and entertainment company. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I wonder why he's calling me. I'm sort of a financial services loyalty girl. But to make a very long story short, ended up flying down to Las Vegas um, to meet Bill Hornbuckle, the president of MGM, and ended up falling in love uh, with the business and the opportunity. And I've been here now almost five years. So that's a very short version of, uh, of my career to, uh, to get to MGM Resorts. Well, and you've done a lot of great things in your time at MGM so far. One of my favorites is your Welcome to the Show campaign. So the commercial that you guys launched, I think it was early 2018. My favorite part is you're talking about, right, about what MGM Resorts is. And you say we're in the holy shit business. And that literally gave me goosebumps because it was such a clear representation of your brand. So can you talk to me a little bit about that campaign and kind of what went into it? Because I've read a lot of stuff about how, you know, you're, it's more than just a marketing campaign. It's really about, you know, creating this as a brand for the company and getting employees trained on that. So I'd love to know more about it. So one of the things when I joined was really to help um, define a, a brand positioning and a purpose for MGM Resorts because we are a company that has grown out of acquisition. And so we had very, very strong independent brands like the Bellagio or Aria or Mandalay Bay, um, et cetera. But we didn't sort of build a parent brand and connect all these properties. And so we started doing some digging and we said, you know, what's our, what's our brand purpose? Why, why does MGM Resorts exist? And we really um, realized that we exist to entertain the human race. That's really how we look at ourselves because the world comes to Las Vegas and they come to Las Vegas to be entertained. And so it was very clear to us that that was our role in consumers' lives. And so we wanted to sort of send a message out connecting all of our amazing assets, entertainment, food and beverage, restaurant, casino. Uh, we wanted to send a message that, you know, here's who we are, here's everything we have to offer, and we're here to, to entertain the human race. And we had this tagline of, of welcome to the show. But before we launched that, I wanted to make sure that we didn't just launch this sexy, cool, you know, purpose-driven brand campaign, that I wanted to make sure that all 83,000 employees really understood their role in delivering this brand promise. And so we set about building the brand and aligning the brand with the culture. And so my chief human resources officer actually became my closest uh, uh, ally in this, in this um, journey. And we literally redid every aspect uh, of our business to align with the brand, everything from recruiting, how we trained people, uh, how we communicated them through uh, show TV. Um, and most importantly, we trained, we literally went ballroom to ballroom and we trained all of our employees on our brand purpose, the role that they play, what our expectations are, how we expect leaders to treat their own employees when it comes to this notion of, of show. So it really was an eight-month journey of aligning brand with culture, and only then did we launch a campaign to the uh, to the world. And so it was a it was a fantastic time, and uh, we're really proud of that work. Looking back at it, what do you think so far has been the biggest success out of it? 
Number one is, you know, we uh, track our net promoter score and customer satisfaction and things like that. And I can say, given uh, a bunch of things that we've done with that program around guest service standards and and guest recovery. So if a, if a guest does have a problem, um, how we recover that problem and how we trained our employee on guest service standards, it in fact has decreased um, the uh, percentage of customers who say they've encountered a problem and the percentage of uh, customers who say their problem was resolved during the trip. Um, so we're seeing some very nice movement in our um, key customer SAT questions. But most importantly, with employee engagement, when you talk to any of our employees, they're very clear on show service standards, which I should say, we sort of use the acronym SHOW as our guest service standard uh, acronym to train our employees with. And S stands for smile and greet the guest. H stands for hear their story. O is own the experience. And W, of course, is wow the guest. And so when we survey our thousands and thousands of employees, 94% of them respond saying it's very clear to them what the guest service standards are and what the expectation is in terms of meeting uh, guest expectations and wowing the guest. And so that's just such an enormous number to, to hit 94%. So we're just really proud of A, the results from a guest perspective, but B, um, equally important, the results we're seeing with our, our guest engagement scores. Yeah, that's a fantastic way engagement score. Is there anything as you've been going through this whole process, right? I love that you partnered with HR on it and thought about it more than just a brand campaign, but really kind of changing your company culture as well. Was there anything that was like a challenge or a surprise to you that you didn't expect? To be honest, I, I think having you know been doing this for as many years as I have, I think I was so taken with the amount of support and momentum that we were able to get internally against this, this campaign. Um, I think the timing was perfect in terms of building one company, one culture. And I think the company was sort of hungry for a, a new, you know, a new positioning, a new purpose for MGM Resorts. And so, as I said, it was very surprising to see how much support I got across the company. And it got to the point where people would send me videos um, from you know, the IT group or the accounting group, and they would say, look how we're delivering show within our group. And they may take a new employee has uh, joined the company, and they would you know, basically wow them by setting up their office with their favorite chocolates, or they knew they were, you know, um, they liked donuts, they would put donuts in their office or what have you, but they figured out ways to deliver show to their own employees. And they would just be so proud of all of this. And they would share all these videos with me, which we ultimately put on, on our internal TVs and share. But it was just amazing to see, as I said, sort of that groundswell of support for, for um, our brand and culture. Well, and you mentioned donuts, and I've heard that you're a big donut fan. I know. Notice how donuts came up top of mind for me. Yeah. <laughs> so favorite donut while we're on the subject. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have to give a shout out to Tim Hortons because I am Canadian and I grew up on Tim Hortons donuts. And still to this day, the minute I land at the Toronto airport, there is a Tim Hortons there. And the first thing I do is go over there and I get a sour cream glazed donut. And I know that sounds potentially icky, but it's like this dense pound cakey donut. And I absolutely love it. I cannot get enough of it. It's so good. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. So I have a really weird tradition when I travel for work. 
we're based out of Indianapolis and we don't have a Shake Shack. So the first place I go when I land, and we did it in Atlanta this week, we landed in Atlanta. It was like 730 at night with our luggage, went to Shake Shack. Oh, I know. I love Shake Shack. Thankfully, now we have a few in Vegas, but I was the same. Uh, I'd head to New York and I would go to Grand Central or I'd go to their original one. So thinking about your overall mobile experience for guests, how do you define what mobile should be for a brand like MGM and what that should look like? It's most important when you're very, very clear on what you're trying to do with you know any product or uh, any sort of communication strategy. And so for us, mobile really, um, if I had to summarize it in a headline, it's about getting to the fun faster. So it is about getting to your room faster with mobile key and mobile check-in. It's about getting to your restaurant reservations, you know, faster so that you can get to your fun faster. It's about checking your loyalty points fast so you can get to the fun faster. So it really is about trying to simplify the guests' lives while they're here, primarily on property or, or when they're actually thinking about coming to Las Vegas so that they can get to the fun faster. I feel like that needs to be a campaign for something for someone get to the fun faster because that's a delightful mobile experience for literally any use case in any business. I feel like that is that I totally agree. (laughs) So one of the things I've read about MGN is, is that you guys have done a ton of improvements in your native mobile app. And I think one of the stories was saying, you know, before the app store, your app store rating was, you know, below two stars. And now you're at I think it was over four and a half already. I'd love to just know how, when you come in and you know that you're challenged with the native mobile app, and that's a big undertaking as you think about getting to the fun faster and all the things that you just talked about, you know, where do you start and how did you make that journey from probably a not so great app experience to what now your guests are saying is a phenomenal app experience? Yeah, so it's a great question. So I will tell you that we started from scratch. We completely started from scratch. Um, we hired uh, two new firms to help us. Um, and we really started uh, from ground zero. And we started with, you know, what what is the use case, <clears throat> excuse me, for this app? Why would people who don't have a reason to use this app every single day want to use this app? That was the biggest question we had to answer because let's face it, Starbucks app, of course, we know exactly why people want to use it, and they use it every single day, and it's so important to them. So, of course, they're going to download it. When we look at even other traditional hotel companies, if you are a uh, frequent business traveler, of course, you're going to download your, your favorite hotel app because you know you're going to be using it at least a few times a month. So, for us, we realized, what's the main reason people are going to download this app? It's either number one to search for hotels and things to do in Vegas because they're thinking about coming to Vegas or they're going to download it because they are in Vegas. And so we realized once they're in Vegas, they're going to want to download this app to check in because that's one of the greatest customer pain points we have right now is a check-in process, right? 5,000 rooms. And on a Friday morning, guess what? You've got three, 4,000 people trying to check in. And so no matter how many people we have working front desk 2025 there will still be a lineup and so we wanted to make the app really easy to allow people to do mobile check-in and for our properties where we had the ability to do mobile key and use your phone as your key um, we wanted to make that um, an option and we worked really hard on um, delivering on mobile key and mobile check-in 
And then secondly, we worked really hard on what I would call a discovery, allowing people to discover our properties, where they should eat, what show they should go to, what spa they can uh, attend, you know, are the pools open, who's got the best pool. And so I would say those are the kind of the two main factors that really helped us improve the guest experience. And I would actually add a third, which is allowing people who are part of our loyalty program, the M Life Rewards program, to very quickly um, access the app, um, their points balance, et cetera. So thinking about, you know, technology, like we just talked about, and the overall guest experience, how do you think about finding the balance between using technology to improve the guest experience, but then also still having that human element? Well, that's really important. And I'm, I'm a big believer and I preach this a lot, which is, you know, we still are in the hospitality business and people still care about engaging with humans. Um, and so we cannot, you know, swing the pendulum too far and forget that there are some people who actually do want to check in and talk to somebody at the front desk. And so I want to make sure that we provide options to people. So if you want to check in on your mobile phone and never speak to somebody at the front desk, that's terrific. Do that. If you're the kind of person like me who actually likes to speak to somebody at the front desk, then we have to make sure that that's available. So in my mind, it's really about providing options and not limiting guests in their choice and really only providing digital as the only solution. Because I can tell you, organizations, and we've all been on websites uh, and use certain um, service providers and retailers who do not provide the opportunity for you to actually speak live to somebody. And it really is only through text or chat that you can contact someone. I can tell you those um, that's incredibly frustrating for a lot of people. And so we never want to be in that position where we don't provide ample options. I think that's a really great point because that's one of the things I've seen a lot of brands start to do is they almost lean too heavy into digital and forget about the actual human element and connection. Because at the end of the day, you're not selling to robots, you're selling to people. And sometimes people need to talk to people. Exactly. Exactly. Thinking about the future and what that kind of looks like overall, and as a you're a marketer, but you're also a consumer, what is the one thing that you wish all marketers and brands would start doing tomorrow? We sort of touched on this uh, a little briefly just a few minutes ago, but I really wish that brands would do a better job of one, being more relevant to me in their messaging. And I know we all talk about that as marketers, right? It's personalization, it's relevancy. But the reality is it's damn hard. So I can't point my finger at any brand right now that I think is exceptional at that. So I think we all strive for greater relevancy and personalization. I still get communications from brands that make no sense, not sure why they're sending it to me. So I think that's important. But the second piece is really around giving, as I said, giving me options. Don't force me to chat. Don't force me to email you if I have a question about a product or service. Please give me an option to speak to a human. And I really do believe that we as, as an industry and as brands have over-rotated on technology. And I think you're going to see a bit of a renaissance where we're going to have um, some retailers really understand that the value proposition they can provide is to deliver a hyper-personalized one-to-one experience, which means I'm going to call you and you're going to answer the phone. And I'm just going to, you know, probably fall out of my chair when that happens. And I can tell you there's a couple, well, one retailer I hope uh, still in Canada does that, 
a big luxury goods retailer and I call and somebody answers the phone and it's the most delightful experience to have to be able not to be stuck in IVR held pressing five, four, three, two, one to finally say agent. Um, and so I, I just, that's something I wish that we could all sort of remember the human element in touch. And as much as we're pushing digital transformation in our organizations to just think about, you know, the power of human interaction. That's a really great point. I am a big, I have a love hate relationship with IVR. I'm the first person that as soon as it gets on, I'm like zero, 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 agent, agent. Exactly. Which most people are. And it's, it's kind of sad that that's, that we don't recognize that as, as an industry and as marketers and, and sometimes push against that. And of course, there's all good reasons for it. But, um, you know, I think you just have to find that right balance. I completely agree. So one of the things I know about you is that you are a mom as well. So when you have a really high profile career. How do you balance being a working mom and your career and family and making sure you have time for both? So I, you know, I, I just answered this question recently speaking at another engagement and I wish, I always say this, I wish I had an elegant answer, but the, the reality is this is, there is no elegant answer. And I always say the sooner you realize that life is going to be very chaotic, that there is no sort of, you know, balance between work life and personal life, the sooner you realize it's a kind of a state of chaos all the time, the easier it becomes. And so I am just, I realize my life is pretty chaotic from morning to night. There is no sort of, you know, sense of discipline uh, in terms of, you know, how the day will go. But I try very hard, you know, for example, for me, my, my peace and sanity is I never disconnect. I mean, people talk about disconnecting on vacation. I'm not sure how that's possible. I haven't done that in the last 15 years. So I never disconnect. But what I try and do, for example, is on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, you know, if I'm walking around and somebody emails me, I'll email them. But I don't actually sit and do, you know, work, work, and usually until Sunday nights. So I keep myself sane by trying to carve out the weekends for myself and family. And then I try and find those moments with my daughter, who's now 15, that, you know, are very meaningful and make a difference in her life. And I'll change my schedule upside down if she needs me or I need to be at her school or I have to get to her volleyball match. And so looking for those precious moments, I work hard at that. Um, and otherwise, I really just try and blend work and, uh, and personal um, as much as I can. But everybody sort of finds their own their own um, rhythm. And uh, it's, it's never perfect, but you end up finding your own rhythm that that works for you and allows you to sort of sleep at night with a conscious that you're, you're doing the best that you can for all faucets of your life. I think that's actually a really great advice. So my sister just recently had a baby a couple months ago and it's her first. I was talking to her the other day and she said, I am like absolutely exhausted when, you know, cause she just went back to work. She's like, when do I feel like I'm not exhausted. And I was like, I don't know. My kids are 13. Ask me in a couple of years, maybe. I don't know if it goes away because it hasn't so far. No, it doesn't. So, <laughs> it doesn't, right? No, it doesn't. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's chaotic. And I think, you know, for me as a, as a working mom, the one thing that I've realized is kind of to your point, like you can't do it. You can't do it all. There isn't a balance. And for me, the biggest struggle was learning to let go, like learning to realize like, 
there are some things like the house is not going to be as clean as I would like it to be. And that's okay. Exactly. Um, I think it's just, you know, when you put these unrealistic expectations, I mean, I know some people are really good at having a fixed schedule. They get up super early, they work out in the morning, they carve out an hour or two in the middle of the day for, you know, personal work time. I haven't found that to work for me. And so I just, um, I just kind of figure out, you know, a rhythm for myself and it can be every, every week could be different, but it's, it's, um, it's really just about figuring how to merge the two together as, as best as you can do for yourself and not judging, being kind to yourself and not judging, judging yourself too, too uh, harshly. And that I think is the most important point is that it's about what's best for you because your point about like not being able to disconnect, I'm the same way. Like the only way I can disconnect is if you put me on a cruise ship in the ocean where the internet doesn't work. Exactly. Like, and my husband will do that sometimes. But I think the thing about it is, is I am less stressed and actually more engaged on vacation when I do have access to email and I can check in. Otherwise, I just kind of, I worry about it. Oh, I'm the same way. That's so funny that you said that. I, I just talked to somebody about that recently and they said, why, you know, why don't you disconnect? I said, because it gives me more anxiety to come, you know, not to be, first of all, I'm in the position where I can't do that. But number two is I'd be more anxious, you know, coming home to, you know, hundreds and thousands, frankly, of emails and, and, you know, feeling two weeks behind. And so I'd rather spend a couple hours a day staying on top of it. And uh, that just makes me feel better. Exactly. And that may not be right for everyone else, but that's okay. So thinking about your job currently, what is the, like when you wake up in the morning, you're like the best part of my job, or I am so excited that I get to do fill in the blank. I get to work in the business that I do. I mean, I, I just, I pinch myself, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that my office um, is actually in the Bellagio and every day I wake up and I'm just so excited to be in the business that I'm in and try and move the needle forward every day because doesn't want to, you know, work uh, in an, you know, in the entertainment business, in the food and beverage business, in the hotel business, in the spa business, in the casino business. I mean, we joke every day Saturday at work, and it's just when I when I need to feel, um, you know, energized, I walk 20 feet out of my office. And I'm in the middle of the casino floor of Bellagio. I mean, I just, it just to me, that's all I need to give me energy for the, the rest of the day. It's just such an exciting business. And I just love um, every aspect of it. And I feel fortunate that I get to get to do this every day. So one of the other components of your job is also being a leader. So tell me if you had to give someone some leadership advice, what would you say that they need to think about? Or how do you think about being a really strong leader? Well, I, I, I keep it, um, you know, there's a lot of things. But for me, I keep it very simple, which is, you know, I have a big signed poster or a big poster in my office that says do better. So for me, it's about every day trying to do better than you did the day before. Um, so I think that's, you know, really important that every day we just try and do better. But number two is people matter. And I learned that lesson very early on from my father and from one of my um, early mentors in my career that building relationships with your team and actually caring about them as human beings, more so than just the output that they can deliver for you, is critically important. And the more you care about your team and genuinely care about them as, as human beings, you know, it, it's a full payback because they then um, will follow you into the fire. They will work harder for you. They will support you during those difficult times. And so 
I invest a lot of time really trying to understand my team personally, professionally, their backgrounds, their children, their mothers, their fathers. And that for me personally has has paid off, um, I think very much so. And so the ability to have people skills, the ability to build relationships, I think is undervalued in this day and age. And frankly, sometimes I come across leaders don't have that. And I sort of scratch my head and I wonder how do they get to the position that they have um, without those skills? Because I think it's so critically important um, and sometimes lacking in this day and age. I could seriously talk to Lil for hours about the work she's been doing at MGM Resorts, how she's balancing her career and motherhood, and so much more. What I found so refreshing about our conversation was how authentic she was. It's clear that she's extremely comfortable in her own skin, and I personally love talking to people like that. She's the type of leader that people would walk through fire for, and I think that's the type of leader we all should strive to be. Now, let's get to my favorite part of the show, where we'll take the education and apply it to your business. There are so many great insights from my conversation with Lillian that can really help transform how you think about marketing. Let's dive into my top three takeaways. First, when we think about establishing a new brand positioning and launching a brand campaign, we often think about the marketing-related elements of it, and we don't always think about how it impacts every operation of the business. One of the aspects of the story she told about Welcome to the Show was how it came to life when she partnered with her chief HR officer to make it part of the company culture from recruiting to training current employees. Think back to your latest brand initiative. How many times did you actually partner with your HR colleagues to implement it or even get their buy-in? It's something that we all need to be doing if we want to create a culture that's aligned with our brand and make it permeate within our organization. The results that MGM Resorts is seeing in their net promoter score and with employee engagement are proof that it can have a tremendous impact. Next, technology is great. And none of us can really imagine having a life without it now. But we also have to make sure that we're not swinging the pendulum too far in the digital direction and that we're not removing the human element from our customer experience. We have to remember that while some people would prefer for us to use technology to chat with them online or to text with them, there are others that still want to talk to an actual person. We have to accommodate for both groups if we want to provide a customer experience that really meets all of our customer needs. Plus, can we also all promise to make sure our IVRs become better and easier to get to an agent? If I'm calling you, then I likely want to talk to someone. Make it easy and fast for me to get to them. Finally, work-life balance has been a hot topic for many years now, and everyone seems to have an opinion on the subject, from finding a balance to work-life integration to the importance of disconnecting and so on. But why do we keep assuming that what works for one person has to work for someone else? Why do we keep judging how others manage their work and their life if it doesn't look like how we think it should? If staying connected on vacation and checking emails an hour a day works best for me, then why isn't that okay? We all need to realize that life is chaotic and we're all different people. We should do what's best for us and not feel the need to judge others because their choices look different than ours. Now, here's my marketing challenge for the week. If you haven't watched the Welcome to the Show commercial for MGM Resorts, then you need to take three minutes and do it now. It's probably one of the best examples of brand positioning for a company that I've seen done in a long time, and there's something that we could all learn from it. I'm Stephanie Cox, and you've been listening to Mobile Matters. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Until then, be sure to visit Lumivate.com and subscribe to get more access to thought leaders, best practices, and all things mobile.